Welcome to the We Are VIP podcast. Each week, your host, Casey Haston, Director of Recruiting at VIP, will bring you valuable insights from thought leaders, introduce you to incredible companies, and bring you tips for landing your dream job from our team of executive recruiters at VIP. And now, Casey Haston. Welcome to the We Are VIP podcast, a podcast devoted to adding value to your career or candidate search, brought to you by, you know it, VIP. I'm your host, Casey Haston. I'm an executive recruiter, director of recruiting with VIP, and your all-around hiring guru. But I also love to find little nuggets out there to bring to you to help you land that perfect job or to help you find the job of your dreams. So today on the show, I'd like to welcome Matthew Warzel, a certified resume writing expert with over 15 years in human resources and career advancement techniques. He manages MJW careers and provides assistance to companies in transition from downsizes to buyouts, as well as individual job seekers needing to advance their career. Matt fashions a resume that allows employers to review the applicant's assets while highlighting his or her accomplishments, showcasing impacts on the employer's bottom lines using quantitative verbiage and maintaining brevity, which I do not. Thanks for joining us today, Matthew. Uh, it's a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me, Casey. I'm excited. I am too. And you know, it's interesting. We've had kind of a theme here lately of certified resume writers and each one of you, I think, brings a little something different to the table, a little new little knowledge nugget to share with our audience, whether you're a candidate or whether even you're a hiring manager, what's a, maybe a new hiring manager looking at resumes for the first time, right? So, but before we get into all that, my main goal in life is to teach everyone how to network. So how did we get connected? I actually filled out one of your forms. I had uh, seen an episode or a clip and um, I personally have it as part of my marketing strategy for small business to reach out to uh, folks that have uh, nice shows, nice podcasts out there to present to the audiences. So um, anytime I see someone like yourself that does quality work, but also has um, you know, consistent kind of platform like this, um, I, I try to put the two together and then figure out how I can access the person and send them over a, a nice little cold message, which I did through your website. Uh, which was really convenient given that a lot of times you got to scurry around for emails and things so i always enjoy when uh the, the career experts or just thought leaders themselves in general uh have it for themselves on the website to be able to you know people like me who have an intent to try to get on the show so it went through the website the old-fashioned way or i guess it's maybe new fashion <laughs> maybe so but i mean i think there's a very valuable lesson here to be learned it's that you did the homework you've identified the person you wanted to talk to and you followed up with an email and it was a very personalized email. I could tell it wasn't just some form email that you had some bot sending to every podcast on the planet. It was very well intentioned. Right. So I, I, I really appreciated that, which is why I reached out to you. And I was just like, let's have a conversation, see if this is something we want to pursue. Um, but also, I think the other thing that this illustrates is, you know, not being afraid to hit the send button. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Never. I mean, even... Uh, when you're cold messaging, you know, if you, you job seekers out there trying to cold message recruiters or uh, hiring managers, all they could do is ignore you. I mean, that's the worst case scenario, right? So just go for it. And as long as you're presenting them with something of use and not uh, not an ask, you know, try to try to offer a give up front and be someone who's, uh, you know, essentially just trying to land maybe like an informational interview session or 
some sort of uh, quick little, hey, insight into their process or their world that you're trying to, you know, learn more about. That kind of stuff, getting people to talk about themselves mm-hmm. is, is not hard. It's, it's, you got to be, you got to be a little strategic in how you approach people. You can't go in there, uh, you know, gunning everybody down as fast as you can and whoever can help you is going to spend time away from their work to help a stranger. It doesn't work that way. You got to build some relationships. I, man, and what you just said there was so key. You have to build those relationships. I tell you, and I, I'm going to go on a little tangent here, but the one thing that will annoy me more than anything on LinkedIn is poor LinkedIn etiquette. And by that, I mean somebody that connects with me and then immediately sends me, hey, I sell insurance. I know you need some. I see that you do this, blah, blah, blah. Here's my calendar link. Find some time. What? Right. <laughs> no, thank you. Uh-huh. And, and I, uh-huh. if, some, if somebody hits me like that immediately, as soon as I connect with them, I immediately disconnect because I don't want to see the, what, because I know there's going to be a barrage falling when I don't answer, right? And I'll have time for that. Mm-hmm. I do the same. It's an easy way to filter out people you've kind of let through you know, unintentional, however you end up accepting things these days. Uh, it's a good way to filter them out if, if that's all they're uh, hitting you up with. And, and I have plenty of that, plenty of those people constantly, almost every day. Do you think it ever works? It worked once for me. I'm going through a marketing program right now, <laughs> I guess, because she was um, and it took every bit of a few months. Probably I kept uh, uh, removing her invites for events, LinkedIn events. And then eventually uh, she had I just got this testimonial of one of her clients and they touched all the right buttons. And, and uh, then I ended up going into a wormhole of like 10 hour testimonials, 10 one hour testimonials. And I was like, because it was like a five thousand dollar, you know, marketing uh, right. expense. So I really went through the ringer and, and all of it just was speaking my language of what I'm struggling with. So, uh, it got me, I had one get me. <laughs> but still, I like the fact that they threw in the testimonial. Cause I think that's huge, right? Yes. Yes. That is, that gives you the clout, I think. Cause especially if they're relevant and to speaking to my pain points as the consumer. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So let's get to our audience and what they want to know about resumes. I actually just had a, um, so we sponsor a young executive initiative and um, I help them find speakers for their, we call them the happy educational hours. You can get them to come and sit down and listen if you give them booze. <laughs> so, Heck yeah. <laughs> um, so we have happy educational hours and um, I was really surprised because one of them, I mean, they were like, at the board meeting, they were like, we really need like, a resume writer, somebody to teach us how to write our resumes because these are, you know, kids just starting out in their career. And I'm like, I really didn't think that would be interesting to you. And so we have a speaker coming to our August meeting that's a certified resume writer that's local. So that's going to be a really, that's what they asked for. So that's what they're getting. So, <laughs> but absolutely. It's, yeah. It's, it's good information. You need to know what, what goes on in these resumes. It's important. Absolutely. So what few items are essential for job seekers to include in their CVs or resumes, according to Matthew? Yeah, that's great. Yeah, good good segue. I mean, you know, uh, that's kind of right in my wheelhouse. So uh, I always kind of start off by saying, um, you know, you want one that's compliant with the robots, the ATS. And I, mm-hmm. and I like when people post online, like ATSs are, don't listen to this and don't listen to that. I mean, look, these things exist. There's software that helps recruiters cut down on wasted time, helps streamline their productivity and helps store their pipeline of people. And so you have to kind of be mindful that it makes sense. Some resumes that are, I mean, ones that you see that are literally like pictures on a PDF, 
there's no way this software is going to be that sophisticated to copy and paste that information into their own in-house, you know, mm -hmm. ATS. So you got to have it where it's very clean and concise so it can copy and paste from this to that, you know. So I always like to say just keep it very linear, meaning, you know, uh, 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 right down the page uh, without, you know, columns and, and borders and, and charts and graphs. Um, if you need that kind of resume, this is a kind of one-off sidebar, but if you're a, a, like a graphic designer, just use a professional resume for applications online and then add your infographic as an addendum with your cover letter. So then if they want to see some of the creativity, you have it available. But um, I always say first, just have one that's clean, not too much bells and whistles. Um, but, it, you know, because it looks good then visually, right, to the human eyeballs once you get mm -hmm. past the robot. So you got to make sure that it looks good too a little bit. And that's why there's some certain templates out there that work better than others. Um, and then I like a layout that looks exactly where I find as a former recruiter, you probably, you know, have, have this too, but you like the, the resumes that have the right sections, right? You want to see the summary, the skills, the accomplishments, the experience, and then finalize it all off with the credential stuff and volunteer stuff and groups, memberships. So, you know, have it, have the relevant information. Don't skimp out on any given section. You don't know which hiring team is looking at what part of the resume the most. Um, and then biggest one is just clear, succinct, and pragmatic messaging. So your goal is essentially show them your value. I always mm -hmm. say uh, the resume's messaging should show how you make their life easier and why you're the proverbial Tylenol to their pain because of the opening. <laughs> I like the way you just put that. I've not heard it put that way before. I need somebody to be the Tylenol to my pain. So accepting exactly. resumes now. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I mean, that's just to hit, hit them at the heartstrings, pull, pull them where they need to be pulled exactly. and, and they'll bring in front of you. Well, and let me get your opinion on this. Okay. So I get a lot of resumes and the first thing I do, I want to see your dates of employment right along that right hand side all by itself. Okay. Yes. So you agree with mm -hmm. that. And here's the other mistake I that I see like a lot of people make is that they will break down those dates their progression within a company, making them look like job hoppers. So instead of having the overall range of dates, you know what I'm saying? Yes, I always show succession and I'm in agreement with you. I keep the dates on the right. And in that case, I would have it, let's say 2010 to present on the far right and then show the succession, but, but where the titles go, just put the title and put a parentheses after what those particular dates are. So it doesn't mucky up the overall uh, uh, um, you know, your overall trajectory, um, but it still shows that you have succession. You don't yes. want it to say 2010 to present general manager. They're going to go, well, did you start off that way? Why didn't you get promoted? Et cetera. So, you know, you, you got to still show it, but make those ones. It's kind of hard to say it vis uh, audio, but, um, but, you know, showcase it. But yeah, you want it like in on the left side, the title, parentheses, you know, 2020, 2020 to present. And then go down with your your accomplishments, and then the next title, little parentheses, that date, and go down, right? And then the higher up at the very top, you'll have the company location all the way to the right, 2010 to present, the master date. Yes, and please write mm -hmm. justify that tab so that all the dates line up. Yes, <laughs> it's Amen. little things, right? I it's little it. things. I can't stand it when you see dates like. Some over here, some over here, some over here. And that's just, it's a, I'm not really that OCD, but I think it's a attention to detail, right? And that's the first thing that you want to come across on your resume is that you have attention to detail. 
Yes, that's why uh, misspellings, periods will will discount you in some circles. Not all of them, because there are those recruiters that are like, I'll fill in those out for this guy or this girl because I got to fill this seat. But um, but yeah, and, and, and no capital, no overcapitalization. That's my biggest one is capitalizing stuff because you think it's oh, it's all so important. It's you stick to what are supposed to be capitalized. Absolutely. Don't <laughs> yell at people. Don't yell. So, yeah. um, so another thing that you mentioned when it comes to resumes is you are a strong believer in brevity. So, in fact, you mentioned on your website that candidates, and I agree, only have seven seconds to catch a hiring manager's, manager's attention with their resume. So what are some tips that you can share to help people craft that succinct resume? Yes. And, and, and I'm a believer of this because I feel like when I was a recruiter, you know, you have that first, we just call it six, seven seconds, but mm-hmm. you just offend, you're, you're starting off with a glance. Does this thing look like it's playing the game, quote unquote, meaning is this someone who put a little effort into showing their background? Believe it or not, people are caring about that because again, how lazy you are will come off on paper if you look at a lazy resume. Um, so you kind of like, okay, this person's playing the game. I see some sections I'm used to. I see some titles that are in the world of that I'm trying to recruit for. Now I'm going to give them the full two minutes. Now what are some red flags? And so you start looking through their work history, their progression. Do they touch the? Do they cross off the boxes of my job descriptor needs? You know, meaning do they have the right certs or degrees that are mandatory? Uh, you know, have they had any X, Y, and Z type skills experience that are mandatory? And so once you start getting through those, that's that full two minute read. If I like the person, then I'm going to pick up the horn and do a 15 minute, maybe even 30 minute, depending, get all the details, try to get their rate, try to get everything that I can. So then I can present it to my hiring manager who is making the end decision of whether they're going to interview and hire you. So you got to kind of go through this hierarchy of who's looking at you and starts with the robots and it ends with the hiring team. So I always keep, and this is one, I guess, one of my first uh, advice for how to get their attention is keep it pragmatic. I always say that one of my hashtags on LinkedIn I created was the pragmatic resume. And you got to think of it because there's all these wonky hiring personalities. And not only that, you have people that maybe had a bad day. And so your livelihood of tens of thousands of dollars are at stake by people that in some, probably in some way or shape or form, some of them shouldn't even be responsible for hiring a human being. And they are, and you're like, my goodness. So you gotta, you gotta be ready for everybody, including the the boneheads, lack lack of a better term. Uh, so easy, straightforward. Your value as it relates to the role. The number one thing you do is reverse engineer your your resume to the role. I, I love when people are. I don't want to tailor my resume to the roles. It seems like a lot of work. Yeah. Well, okay. Do you want to play the game or not? So if you don't have to tailor it to every single production supervisor role, if you're going for production supervisor. But if you want to be an operations manager, I should see when it shows production supervisor and I should see another resume that says operations manager because they're two different roles. Mm-hmm. So you got to think of it like you don't need to do it for every role. We got to do it for every type of role. And so the more you give them and the more uh, I always say, the more you narrow in, you zero in and get narrow in terms of your target and niche yourself, the more quality opportunities and interview requests will come your way rather than the wider the net, the more kind of garbage might make it through, make itself through. So. Um, be either focused on the role, the industry, or if you can, the lucky ones, both. Um, reverse engineer, make sure your messaging skills and content are related to that targeted role. So job descriptions, goal. Us recruiters, we go off of job descriptions. I don't know what my hiring managers do half the time and half the day. I don't need to. I just need to know what that person that has that open role needs to do. And then I'll use my best recruiting practices that I was trained on to find that person, even if I've never understood what a 
database administrator does. I know how to recruit for one, right? So like you kind of have this macro level of understanding and then you let the hiring team make up the mind if the nuts and bolts make, make sense. Um, but reverse engineer, figure out if you can what their needs and pains are because of the opening and then build your narratives into the resume that reflect your ability to meet those needs, resolve those pains, but be as, be as clear and again, limited word count as possible. They don't need this thing that's two pages, three pages long. It has no relevance on the bottom half. Absolutely. It needs to all be relevant, right? It's like a screenplay. Every word counts. Um, so reverse engineer. <laughs> I, I really like that you said that. And I will tell you, if I get a resume with that is, you know, like a paragraph not broken up, I'm not going to read it. I'm, I'm just not going right. to do it. I want to see bullet points, one line bullet points about what you did so that I can quickly ascertain yeah. if you're somebody I want to talk to is that seven seconds versus two minutes, right? Um, but if I see exactly. a paragraph, you're getting seven seconds because Hey, oh, I hate the paragraphs. Whoever started that trend in like the 2000s or like whatever it was like that little time frame. And I was like, this is a nightmare. How are, how are your managers preferring this? But it, yeah, we're all back to bullets, uh, thankfully. Yes, for the most part. Okay, one more question about part. resumes. Your opinion, because yes. I'm, I'm polling all the certified resume writers. Picture or no picture on the resume? No. <laughs> no picture. Let your LinkedIn be your picture yes. and your digital self uh resume if you're in europe maybe yeah fine because that's what they do over there but uh, in america no pictures don't just give yourself a fair shake if the hiring team needs to see a photo there that's already questionable yes absolutely i agree and in my my opinion on this is that if you do put your picture on your resume that could be setting up for some kind of discrimination sure absolutely there's no need. That's kind of like just it muckies every single water out there for as far as I'm concerned. Exactly. Uh, now you, you get the people, the crowd, the actors, the real estate salespeople. Okay. Yeah. If this isn't a general rule of thumb for everybody, there are industries where a photo might help. Okay. Like real estate, I've heard single handling from hiring managers. I like photos. I'm hiring realtors. So, you know, again, it's who your audience is. Mm -hmm. Actors, you have to. And it's a mandatory to have right. a photo because, again, acting <laughs> um, I'm yeah, talking about so average the, Joe's. yeah anybody if you're not that 95 percent you know there's about 95 percent of us that don't need it there's that little little small area that do that it i guess might help but even so um it's probably not mandatory even acting they're going to eventually have you come in if you want to get an agent and do audition in front of them so by then they're going to see you um, so yeah, <laughs> stay away. Good. I'm glad that you agree with me on that. <laughs> mm -hmm. All right. Absolutely. So in this day and age, okay, let's say we've got our resumes uh, we've made it to the hiring process, to the interview, but everything's video. So what are a couple of best practices to consider when conducting a webcam interview? Great question. So, uh, and I was doing a little research, you know, I, and there's a lot of, um, a lot of articles about that in the last couple of years, obviously. So you want to first, though, I mean, the technical stuff should be a no-brainer, but check the Wi-Fi, reset the router if you have to before an important interview, uh, and make sure your Zoom and MS Teams or whatever is functioning and you've practiced the day before with a friend or a family member or neighbor or whatever. Got to go through a quick little, hey, technical, everything's working. Next, um, make sure you uh, the confidence doesn't, diminish because it's a zoom in fact i mean if anything i would feel i'd have more confidence just because you know you're creating your own environment um but again i moonlight as an actor so it's probably easier for me to get in that space but like if it, you know 
confidence is bred from your knowledge and, and, and what you're ready to present to the hiring team. It's not about reacting. Interview should not be like, oh, um, you know, interviews should be like, I'm prepared. And your, your best bet is to, again, reverse engineer. Here are 10 job description or here. Here's one job description with 10 items on there are your tasks. Can you do each of those 10 things? And if so, bake those into the resume as your onus of each of those 10 things. So don't just tell them you could do that task, but show them proofs of the pudding. Very matter of fact, cause and effect statements that say, yes, Mr. Mrs. Manager, I did it. But look at this over here. I'll tell you all about it in the resume uh, or excuse me, during the interview. So I always tell my clients, bake in those narratives, the resume. So then use it as a springboard for the interview. And now you have more confidence because now you have 10 things you want to talk about. And no matter what questions come, you're going to go through all 10 of those hopefully by the end of it. So you never want to repeat an answer in an interview. Nothing more boring than one project person uh, who just talked about one project the whole interview. You're, if you're graduating school, fine. Uh, but if someone who's a professional at this point, you need to stack up your, your we call it brag books. You need to start stacking your wins on in those brag books. Start bringing it all together then on a resume and then only keeping in stuff that's either operational or relatable or very unique like wards and speeches. Um, but never, uh, don't go in an interview uh, without preparing and preparing means knowing the job description and how you relate to it. I always say during an interview, you're telling them all about the neat things that went into these projects. Um, so make sure you're just prepared by knowing how you're going to be the one who is going to resolve their pains, make their life easier. Uh, and then finally, uh, <clears throat> I like this trick. So right here with this eye, um, you want to put a little sticky note piece, you know, not a whole one, but just like a little, whatever, something up there, um, not over the eye, but right next to it. And then during the interview, just stare at that sticky note. If you got to look down, uh, perhaps at a project list, perhaps at your resume, uh, perhaps at your closing questions you have prepared, uh, which are the three I always like to have, I call it the interview binder, um, have those right in front of you and you could just kind of look down and then come back up for the answer, but look right at that sticky note. Don't look at the screen of people or else you won't be looking at them. You know what? I have never heard anybody say that before. That is a great tip. I'm going to start using that because I do a lot of news interviews over Zoom. And I feel like I'm always yeah. like looking this way, looking this way, you know, not looking at giving the appearance of creating that eye contact. So that is great yeah. piece of advice. So uh, thank you for that. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I was going to say sometimes that little green eye doesn't really, you know, you, you're not used to, you know, kind of you lose it. So that sticky note tends to be bright yellow. You're not going to miss it. Okay, I'm gonna start incorporating that into all my preps that I give my candidates that are going on <laughs> video interviews. So thank you for that. I might even give you credit right. for it. We'll see. Um, thank so you. I did wanna point out that you have over 800 recommendations on LinkedIn. That is really impressive. So how can thank LinkedIn you. recommendations help enhance credibility in your job search? It has helped me, it helps me with closing my sale. I think I use it as my ending kind of thing. I always tell them, hey, I enter like recommendations. The reason why is because I like to build long-term relationships and not paywall and nickel and dime clients. I'm always a free sounding board through as life, you know, per per perpetuity. So I tell them, hey, if you need a quick one-off advice without having to take me away from my day, meaning like a phone call where there's a premium for that. But, you know, so I'm always there to spitball ideas, send them resources for free, or uh, have that kind of um, you know, alleviate the road bumps they're following, they're, they're, they're encountering on their job hunt. So that's how I've done it. It's just been very good candidate experience driven. I always like to um, make my clients feel like it's underwhelming, the job hunting process. It shouldn't be something that you're like, what am I doing day one? And, 
you know, and day five and, and, you know, how do I feel like I'm actually making traction? And so I like to say, well, you know, let's not chicken with our head cut off. Let's be meticulous and baby steps at first. And then when we hit the ground, when we start feeling like we're crawling, then we're going to start feeling like we're running and we kind of get through this phase and these phases together. So I think it's just this all encompassing way that I make my clients feel. And then it's good work. I mean, my writing is, is really sharp and the way I present my clients. So back it up with the products too. But um, I think that's pretty much it. I mean, and then being meticulous about, or excuse me, uh, meticulous about being, um, what is it when you're, uh, uh, you're kind of, not like annoying them, but you know, you're, you're just kind of being repetitive about like, hey, can you leave me the <laughs> recommendation? So I'll like ping them, like, even if it's like a year later and say, hey, do you mind doing that? So uh, you just got to stick with it too. Well, I think that's absolutely amazing. And I mean, to get that many of them, I mean, I think I've got quite a few and I, I don't think I ask for the recommendation enough. I don't, you know, usually I just get them randomly. So I think I need to start maybe asking for the recommendations because it does. It, 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 I have had people engage with me because they've read the recommendations of others. But what I really heard you say there about your recommendations was that you show up authentically and you give value first, which is a really big rule with me too. I always want to give value first. And it sounds like you truly care about your people, which that makes all the difference in the world. And I think that would garner you quite a few extra recommendations. Uh, thank you for that. Yeah, I appreciate that. It, it, that's what I always just say, hey, let's all just get ahead. We're all just trying to go and the money stuff will, uh, you know, it's like, I, I don't like to be that person where I'm like, you know, hey, you're gonna have to pay for this or pay for that. It's like, it, you know, I, it, it, it's like if you give, they'll reciprocate through referrals or they'll come back and be a, a boomerang client, that kind of stuff. So it's just easier business. It's just smarter business. And plus, not only that, it's just it's how I'm built. Like I see some of these prices that my colleagues will, will you know, charge people. And I'm like, it took me years to get to where I'm at. I'm not even that expensive. So um, you just got to kind of, again, empathetic, show people are in job hunts with limited resources and funds. You got to kind of, now here's the other thing though, the flip side, I've helped people I've helped the lady that gave me the sob story on LinkedIn and about her son passing away and all this stuff. And I, I was like, you know what? Hey, I go, I'd be glad to do the resume for you. How about a hundred bucks? Um, and she was like, oh, you know, and so over the moon. And then she like got mad to fill out the questions and yelled. Like she was just like, she, she was like, I can't fill out these questions. There's like six questions, right? I need, I will like my answers first before I do any sort of phone call or deep dive if there, if there needs to be one warranty because I want black and white so I can CYA. If they come at me and say, hey, I want a project manager resume, I'll say, no, you said operations, see? Um, so I've learned to keep things very black and white with people. Um, but it's like the people that want more for less end up being the, the biggest headaches. Whereas the people who are willing to pay whatever, they're just so easy to work off with. So this lady, she's like, I can't fill out these questions. I said, well, just do your best. I do need those though to at least kind of get started and they're basic. What do you want to do? What's missing from your current resume? You know, stuff that just needs to be filled in. Um, I can't transcribe dates and titles and roles and that's not, no, you got to take five minutes to write that stuff out. And I tell her that and she's like, you're being rude and like this and that. And I, and I, did, I, and I never snap back. I, I, I clap back back when I was starting my business and it just doesn't do any good for you. Um, back when I had like, a, you know, young and I'm like, what are you yelling at me for? You know, um, but now I'm like, so I block her, put her on my spam list, move on. I refunded her a hundred bucks, which at that point I had already done enough time with her as a prospect that probably would have paid that. Um, but it's like, 
look, lady, I'm trying to help you. And you can't just throw me under the bus now because I'm asking you to do a few questions. And, and it was like such a cordial response to have like, you just got to fill these out. Yeah. Unfortunately, to to do the transcription product, it costs $200 for the hour. And I go, that's just my regular charging. And since I offered you a discount, I would appreciate you just handling it via email. Um, it was something, you know, a canned response that I have for this kind of situation. And um, she was like, you know, you don't know me and this is rude and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I was trying to, you went from $600 resume to $100 and it's still going to throw in the cover letter and it backfired. So when you give too much, sometimes I find that like my wife said, she goes, just stop doing that. Just don't do it anymore because it tends to kind of burn you. Yeah. Well, and there's absolutely value in what you do. And you, I, I don't believe, I mean, I don't make placements for free, but I do a lot of stuff around the, that placement, you know, with the candidates for free that a lot of other recruiters yeah. don't do. So I totally get it. So just another quick question. So I know you have thank you letter templates in some of your packages. What kind of strategy strategies, that's the word I was looking for, strategies, uh, should job <laughs> applicants employ when crafting a thank you letter? So I would say be cordial and quick, right? Get to the point, thank them for their time. And then always, no matter if it's a thank you letter, whether it's a follow-up message to the recruiter for some sort of information request, always reiterate something that will sell you again. Because anytime you have an opportunity to sell yourself to anyone who's in charge of vetting you during any given process, act on it, right? So thank you for your time. Just wanted to let you know, I remember the, the three biggest components of this role were supply chain, procurement, and inventory. And I just wanted to let you know, again, that I have you know over 25 years in all of those, including process development and implementation or whatever you know are gonna be some of the big things in that role, reiterate it. And then if there's something about the meeting, you can quickly throw in in one line, Hey, and just just to remind you again, I was you know I was the one that we remember we had that rapport about the surf lessons with with your kids or something whatever um, that will kind of remind them too. So uh, cordial, thank you. You know the thank you. The quick little don't you know want to remind you again. Here are the top one skills or achievements you needed that I can do, and then uh, any sort of reminder if they can remember you if there was a memorable moment, uh, and then sign off. This thing needs to be three four sentences. Like move on. You know, the one thing I would add to that is have somebody else put a second set of eyes on it. Just good point. Do just because I mean, make sure that you've got the right name on there. I've had that happen, and that your grammar is correct, right? So, I love it. Yes, this has been amazing information. So now I want to learn a little bit more about you by asking you our VIP questions. Excellent. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> All right. So if you were chosen to be one of the first colonists on Mars. What th three things or people would you take with you? Oh, this is great. So my wife and my son are one and two because I can't go anywhere or exist without them. And that's how like close I am with them. So it's, it's pretty disgusting, but I just, <laughs> I love them. And then a supercomputer, because by then we'll have a supercomputer that will give me access to the internet and automated farming equipment. So, or automated farming, somehow it does it for you. So I can eat get our entertainment and just hang with the two people in the world that matter most to me and we're good i don't need to be on earth that's beautiful i love that <laughs> so what is one I thing you <laughs> do what i'm sorry i was talking over you what'd you say i hope they'll have automated farming <laughs> be like Who that knows? game they used to have on facebook where you'd go plant your farms and then come back a little bit later <laughs> and harvest them and then you'd invite friends to come harvest yeah. i got so addicted to that it's so stupid so, so what is one thing you do each morning to set your day up for success? 
Um, I always, I know it doesn't sound like existential, like I read daily affirmations. I do my affirmations at night before I go to bed, but um, I would say uh, first thing I do is pick up my phone and check my leads because I'm a victim of the lead game still. And so I find that it helps me with success because my inbox isn't as full for later. <laughs> and now that I can access people needing resumes right away. So I got to get in front of them. Uh, so I'm just a lead, I'm a lead checker. And then I just hang with my son all morning until noon. And then I start my day. So I'm, I'm lucky and, for, and fortunate enough. And I'm a blessing to have that. But I will I refuse to work when my son's just hanging around the house next to me. That's amazing. And you, you're right. You are very fortunate to have that opportunity to do that. So many people don't, right? Um, I was one of those. I, my kids were in daycare and school the entire time. So, all right. So if your life's work was being summarized in a news article, what would the headline be? Okay, this one. So <laughs> I, I went with one that was more of less the professional and just more me personal wise, but it's Lifelong Cleveland Browns fan and season ticket holder dies day after Browns win the Super Bowl. Um, so I'm assuming I'm going to see one in my lifetime, and it will be probably in the newspaper because, you know, people know I'm a nuts fan by then. But uh, let's just hope I'm that, that popular by then. Everyone knows I'm a big, huge Browns fan. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. Oh, my goodness. So how do people get in touch with you if they need you to write a resume for them? Uh, they can go to jobstickers.com. It's like pot stickers. Uh, our favorite food, but job stickers, um, which was really clever when I first started my business. I thought this is going to just wow the world, and I'm stuck with it just because it's easier than my company name. <laughs> um, so go to jobstickers.com. That's in my website built in. You'll see my blog as well as, you know, contact information, package information, all the all the above. Well, I happen to love that uh, that your uh, website, jobstickers.com. I thought it was super clever when you shared it with me the first time. So. I would oh, stick you. it. Don't ever let that go. <laughs> no, it's e it's too easy because MJW Careers, some people think it's an N and M, and then they're like, what was the acronym? And it's just like, you know, I, I learned that. They're like, no, keep it simple for quick little, like, like things like this, right? Yeah. Where you just need it on the mm -hmm. Absolutely. Awesome. And I'll just say, and I have a little pierogi guy who's holding the resume. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, the joys so, of business, small business. Exactly. You got to set yourself apart. That's for sure. That's for sure. And a good resume will help you do that. So, Matthew, thank you so much for coming on the show today. And I have just one last thing to say to you. You are a VIP. Oh, thank you. Likewise. Thank you for having me, guys. Oh, so I got something out there from this. <laughs> and that's a wrap for today. Join us next week here on the We Are VIP podcast. We'd love to know how we can help you be a VIP. To find out more, log on to wearevip.com.